What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, fitness, and the daily grind and what it takes to earn success. And we're going to talk about grinding right now. The three of us on the most recent Muley Freak film, Send It Series 2.0. Name of the film is 212. And the reason why I named it 212 is because I smashed this bull with a 212-grain ELDX. Now, the shot wasn't perfect, and we'll, we'll talk about that and, and the mistake I made there. But I also want to provide context to what happened, this hunt, and all things there. And to joining me today is Pistol P, Peyton Thomas, and Muley Freak Aaron. Um, so we're going to dive into that a little bit. So this is a general season public land uh, hunt. It's not a good tag by any means. Uh, it's a general tag um, that traditionally hasn't produced for me and um, I haven't been very successful with. Now, I did a lot of e-scouting this past year and did some little bit of base map investigating, if you will, and discovered a route into an area where I thought was going to hold potentially some some decent animals with minimal pressure, if you will. And I knew it was going to be a grind getting back in there. Now, I've been backpack hunting and preparing for backpack hunting all year long and been back, backpack hunting for the better part of 10 years. And I, had, I felt like I had my gear dialed. I had my equipment ready to go. I knew what kind of tripod setup, what kind of backpacking equipment from, from stoves and uh, pads and tents and all the lightweight things to be successful. Now, we're going to cover a little bit of the unknown on some of the things that kind of happened here. But um, I took me and Belmer in there. We're back in there 10 miles. And um, as soon as we get back in there, I find a bull. And Aaron, you know what this general season hunting is like. It's it's really frustrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, general season elk hunting is beyond frustrating. Lots of people, not a lot of animals. And if you're seeing a bull, you're doing good. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you're seeing elk at all, you're doing good. I tried general season elk hunting once by myself because when I was 18, I wanted to hunt as much as I can. Went up, guy there, guy guy everywhere. Not not one single elk. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'm done. (laughs) So I haven't done it since hunting with you guys because it's just not not worth it to me. Yeah, well, and some of the other things not worth it. Key words here, 10 miles in, and the other key word, elk. (laughs) Does anyone want to pack an elk out 10 miles? No. It's not it's not the funnest thing in the world. But I don't know what I was thinking. I just I sit at home and I've been home for a few weeks and I just get thinking and I'm like, man, this hunt would be cool and I my brain doesn't stop ticking all of a sudden I think I'm going hunting again. And then when I get out there hunting, especially in the back country, I'm like, What was I thinking? I'm like, This is uncomfortable, it sucks, it's hard. But I think that's the allure of it all that keeps bringing me back. So anyway, I get back in there, and I knew there was some weather coming in, but with my hunting schedule and my family schedule and my work schedule, I knew I didn't have a ton of time to dedicate towards this, right? So I look at the weather. I'm like, man, I don't have weather for a day and a half. I should be good. (laughs) So I find a bull the night before, wake up the next morning. I'm looking in the draw, and Belmer like, there's an elk down there. And I'd heard one the night before kind of barking at us on the hill. I don't know if our wind was pushing that way. It's not the ideal camping spot, but there's not a lot of places to camp there. And I heard this bull barking, you know, that warning bark. They give, oof, no, yeah. oof. Heard that plenty of times. Yeah, it's not fun when you're bow hunting, right? No. <laughs> and anyway, I'm like, there's going to be a bull in here. So get ready. Uh, wake up the next morning. Belmer's like, there he is down there. I'm like, oh, yep, sure enough, there he is. 
Well, he hears us. Well, I'm trying to get Belmer to whisper in the morning when he's talking <laughs> in his loud voice. And I'm like, dude, you got to be quiet. You can't. They cannot hear a human's voice. So, anyway, Bull starts to run up the side hill, and I'm on this steep slope. Steep slope. Bear in mind, I didn't bring a tripod to shoot off of because I'm in the backcountry 10 miles, right? I'm going in light, 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 as light as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the steep side hill. The bull's getting ready to boogie. So if you've watched the film at this point, I'm going to try to provide context to what a bad situation it was. He was 550 yards, which is very doable, especially using the Mark V scope and a 212. It's out of a 300 PRC. It's I got plenty of optics. I got plenty of knockdown power. Um, I just wanted to get prone. Well, there was absolutely no way to get prone. And I was shooting off my pack. Well, I couldn't even get enough elevation, like leaning sideways off my pack. And this is this is where I made the mistake that I think going forward, um, I'll always pack some sort of tripod setup to shoot off of for those extreme angles. And... Um, you know, Seth and I, a Hornady, we always talk about budget error. You know, number one always beats number two. Number number one is accuracy, and this shot wasn't accurate. Um, it definitely wasn't my best shot, and, I'm, you know, I'm not proud of it. Obviously, it's a hunting situation. It's far from perfect. You're in the backcountry. You have nerves and, and angles and terrain and all these things to deal with. Well, I hit this bull a little far back. It was good enough to kill him. It wasn't going to kill him quick, but it was, it was good enough to kill him. Um, but it, that situation was just tough. Um, shot him just back of the last rib, right in that kind of just before the right where that paunch meets the rib, um, and but knocks him off his feet, which is incredible, right? An yeah, he, elk he that rolled. big, yeah, yeah, rolled him right down, knocked him off his feet, and it was high fiving from there, right? Anything else we need to cover on that? Do you think on the shot on him? Yeah, no, it it knocked him down. You could it hit him hard. So I'm just guessing how that bullet hit him and expanded, and the impact must yeah. have, it does more damage than you're seeing just because it looks far back. So it was definitely enough to kill him. Yeah, it was definitely enough sure. to kill him. It, it wasn't in the vitals. It wasn't in the shoulder. Um, definitely always try to make the best shot possible, but it wasn't. And need to show that there is imperfection in an imperfect, imperfect sport. So. Um, get it anyway. We get over them, and I knew I was ten miles in, and I knew Peyton knew his way, um, kind of around that country because Peyton grew up hunting that area as a kid, and uh, Aaron had never been there, so I knew Peyton knew the way. So I called him. I had a sliver cell phone service, not really cell phone service out there, but I had a sliver cell phone service enough to say I got a bull down. He's a big one. Yeah. I need your guys' help. Drop whatever you're doing and come now. You'd warned us too going in there. Like I'm going into this spot, I might need help, and we're like, okay, sure. Yeah, we whatever. had it on our radar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we we uh, we fully expected to. Go yeah, in there. we we weren't like not expect. We're like, of course he's going to get something <laughs> when no one else is there. So yeah. we were we were waiting for the call. <laughs> yeah, no surprise. Yeah. So so when you guys did get that call, what were you thinking? Like, okay, this is going to suck. What am I bringing? What were you guys kind of thinking? Uh, my so, thought. So I had enough to camp overnight one more night if I needed to. I had enough food for one more day. So it wasn't like I was totally caught with my pants down. Yeah. Uh, my, th- my thought was, well, I had a couple thoughts. I was like, oh, of course Eric killed one. Like, I was fully <laughs> expecting it. I wasn't surprised, but, uh, I, w- I just started 75 hard. So I was like, perfect. My first thought was there's my workout for the day. Easy peasy. <laughs> So, I mean, not that it's an easy workout, but I get to knock my workout out, you know, just by packing a bull out. So, 
that was my first thought. My second thought was, well, you know, it's pretty far back there, but you know, I've done 20 miles in a day. You know, I've done more than that in a day. So I was like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, four guys, we can split a bull up. You know, it's going to suck and be heavy, but that's yeah. fine. So I, I was honestly going in, I wasn't worried. I was like, oh, cool. I got to go help them, you know, pack a bull out. And I was a little worried about my way, but you know, base map makes it easy. I think you shared a smart marker with me. So I just opened it and, you know, it populates on. Saved an offline map. Yeah. And you know. then uh, a waypoint pops up to where you're at or a smart marker pops up. Painted so, it under that area growing up. Yeah. So I wasn't worried. Anyway, I was excited. I was like, sweet. That's awesome. So a lot of optimism going in there. Excitement. Yeah. So what would you bring for gear though? Oh, nothing. Just <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Literally nothing. I, I brought my pack. I think I brought some snacks, some water. Uh, that's that's it. Well, we knew you guys had stuff too, so we're like, go as light as possible, and then yeah. we can take more for them. If yeah, we I didn't want to have any extra weight. I wasn't going to pack anything extra, so I brought. I think I brought a not. You know, I brought some of the essentials. You know, just in case. But I went in light. So anyway, yeah, we we went in light. Not you know, expecting basically. To go in and to go right back out. So that was the plan. What did you bring for clothes? Did you, did oh, you have a rain jacket? No. Did t-shirt. you have a hoodie? Maybe. Did you have a long, long sleeve. Did you have a puffy or shell? No, marine, long sleeve merino. You didn't have a puffy or a shell? No, it was warm. When we left, like the weather was pretty nice. And hiking in, it was like perfect hiking conditions. Oh, yeah. Hiking in, I was yeah. like, this is amazing. It's beautiful. It's like 55, 60 degrees. Just gorgeous. I was yeah. like, this is awesome get a just a nice pretty hike in and yeah it, i mean i remember easy, checking easy. the weather before i we went up there and i had packed a rain jacket in my in my pack but i never ended up getting it out once we started backing out which i honestly don't think it was worth it then but i had this packed a super lightweight rain jacket that was all i'd put in my pack and i think i had some gloves in the one of my top pockets but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were going super light. You knew the weather was. You thought there might be some weather. Aaron wasn't thinking about it so much. You definitely didn't bring stuff for overnight. So there was no. there was no plans on you know, uh, you know, making it overnight. No. Um, it was know. just going in there, getting your elk, and going out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I shot this bullet first light. It took me three, four hours. It took me an hour, hour and a half to take photos, position the bull. I mean, that's. We take pride in the photos, so we always take a minute to do that. And then another few hours to cut, quarter, debone, cape the cape out the skull, so on and so forth. I think by the time I had done that, it was like twelve, twelve thirty. I saw you guys show up on the adjacent ridge. I'm like, sweet, and you guys were coming. Paint was obviously soaked in sweat. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron was super, super tired. Um, but overall, you guys came up beat. A lot of energy. And, um, but you guys wanted to kind of explore a little bit. So you guys hopped over the next ridge and kind of looked around a little bit for maybe 45 minutes, hour. I wouldn't think any longer than that. Belmer and I loaded, um, I had a front shoulder, the, the head and all of camp and all my gear and to stay overnight and stuff. So, um, you know, I had a hundred plus pounds or so, uh, Belmer was had all the camera equipment. He had a front shoulder. Did he have loose meat, or did one of you guys take loose meat? I had the loose loins, meat, tenderloins. Yeah, I had all the okay. So back strap or not a ba- the back strap and stuff in a back kind. Okay, so, so you had that. Um, 
as soon as we're getting up to the next ridge to pack up camp, that's when you guys were going down to kind of pack your packs and get meat. So yeah. I think it probably took us the same amount of time, like 15 minutes or so to load your guys' packs, maybe a little bit longer, adjust it, make sure they're comfortable. Me, 15, 20 minutes to pack up my camp and get it in my bag and unload the meat and head, then put in camp and reload the meat and head. Well, when I was doing that at camp, all of a sudden rain and snow started to hit. I'm like, I look up and it's black. I'm like, huh. That was one of the reasons why we headed down to start loading up because it started sprinkling on us. That first little light wave and just where we were up there, it made things pretty slippery and it was like 10 minutes of little sprinkles and we're like, oh shoot, we might need to go down and load up. Isn't it kind of a dark feeling? You're like, I know this is, I know I need to get out of here. Because after that, that's what was going on in my head. Yeah, the clouds were... It was just dark clouds. There yeah, wasn't really much. I was naive still. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, you said I was tired. I really wasn't that tired hiking I mean, in. No, I you was did like, great. It, it was pretty. It was beautiful. I, I you, got, you, you know, you've been in there, so you know. I, for me, it was just a nice... You know, it was, it was exercise. Don't get me wrong. And I sweated. But, you know, I was like, oh, this is fun. No, and you guys even, were on beat. You had good well, and even when it started to sprinkle, I still wasn't like I didn't know what was ahead. I was like, "Oh, a little sprinkle, this is nice." Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all. Again, I didn't look at the weather. I didn't know it was coming. I just hurried and threw my stuff together to come out. Yeah, I think I probably panicked because I knew going down some of these steep draws and where there's not really any trail that this stuff was going to get gnarly with a heavy pack. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was going to be slippery. I didn't know anything. What was it that Eric said around after the time of this where he said he tactfully watched? What was his words that he used? Yeah, he's like, I watched watched the Even (laughs) Even on this podcast, he just said, oh, I knew some weather was coming. I'm like, you did not know what was coming. (laughs) Because you were planning, you were going to stay in another day at least. I kind of knew it was coming. Because if you got lucky and, sh- uh, you know, shot a bull your first morning up there, but could have easily, you know what I mean? You, yeah. I know you were going to stay at least another day after that. I was, but I think staying up there versus packing out an elk is different. I had a tent to stay in. I mean, I'd have been fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably would have, if you wouldn't have got an elk, you would have been able to stay overnight, and then you would have woke up and been like, okay, I probably needed to leave. I yeah. doubt you would have shot one still if you I, the weather would have hit. Like that night, it probably would have got pretty there. gnarly, and I would have started to get nervous. Well, yeah. yeah, and we don't even know how much snow actually got dumped in there. Yeah. We were getting dumped out at the trailhead, you know, later, like so. yeah. viciously, viciously. So, what did it look like up there? That's what I'm saying. You were yeah. like, it's a good thing you shot a bull that first morning. Yeah, the good Lord was looking out for me there. So, I knew that what I had ahead of us going out of that, and especially with that rack of the big bull on my back I knew I was going to be snagging on everything and that was that was almost enough between the mud on the trail and those antlers snagging that was enough to deplete all my energy trying to stay on the trail and fight that rack the whole way and there was no way around it there was no other way out no and it it and then it started to rain rain gear wasn't going to do you any good because you it came down so fast that it soaked your pants it soaked you and even if it didn't, you would have been soaked from sweat, so you'd have been wet and cold regardless. And then the amount of effort it took, like, and energy-wise, fighting that rack along the trail on the way out, you were just wiped. And there, there were times that I was, like, using, I felt like every muscle in my foot and toe and ankle and calves trying to stay stable on that trail with that heavy pack. 
while the weather weather is just beating you, beating you, beating you, right? And it took three to four times longer to hike out because of how not only did you have a heavy pack, but you're trying to stay on the trail and fight the elements and the brush and everything. It just, I mean, it took all of us who were in phenomenal shape at the time doing this 75 hard. I wouldn't say I was in phenomenal. Yet. Oh, yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you weren't as in good a shape yet. Not yet. I had been working out for probably like 10, almost two weeks in the 75 hard. So I was feeling a lot better. And I think that was one reason why I, if I, people comment on why I was sweating so much. It's because my body was in that like burning fat stage. Yeah. So definitely. I was drenched in sweat, but I felt ex- I felt really good. I wasn't in phenomenal shape, I would say, okay. for me at least. You were almost, you were, you were in 75 hard, five, yeah, 75 hard quite a ways. Yeah. yeah. 50, yeah, 50 days in or so. Yeah, so I was feeling really good. Uh, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. But I, I knew, I knew I was in some trouble. and But I was really worried about you guys because I knew you guys didn't have gear. And I knew the amount of effort you guys were probably expending on that hike out. And then, like, there were times I legit wanted to quit. And I knew I couldn't quit. I'm, and I mean quit in terms of, like, hey, let's take an hour break and just chill out for a minute because we're white. You couldn't take a 10-minute break because you'd freeze. It was, it was move or die. It really was. There's no other options. It was move or die. There's not There's not a get dry. There's not a get warm. There's not a take a break. It was move or die. And it sounds sounds pretty uh, intense, but it, it was honestly what the choices were. Yeah. And, and we, you were soaked to the bone. Yeah. Like soaked well, that was, and exhausted. It, we were soaked to the bone within the first 15 minutes, really. I mean, because it, Peyton mentioned that light rain. And then it kind of like died for five minutes, and then boom, hit. And Just, we were right in the open of that too, yeah, coming up a constant, constant rain after that. So we were soaked within the first fifteen twenty minutes, and then the first decline, because we were an hour and I, I think we we're about an hour and twenty minutes behind you guys. We just slid. Peyton and I slid all the way down. Yeah. And we finally made it down, and then you got to climb up. Peyton and I couldn't get up. We just slid and slid and slid. So Peyton's on all four. You can kind of see it. Yeah. In the in the video, but my phone started yeah. to get like if I'd have it out for two seconds and you couldn't even see on my phone. That's how hard it was raining. That was the last thing we recorded too. Yeah. When we Peyton got to was literally there. on all fours, like grabbing brutes and <laughs> slipping down. And I remember that part right there too. I almost didn't make it. Like like the earth wanted to give way and you couldn't let it. Oh yeah. yeah. And we thought about right there taking off our packs and putting on what small layers we had. But we were like, is it even worth it to redo our whole packs yeah, or just soaked. keep going? And so we just decided we're just going to keep going. Our layer, we're already soaked anyway. It's not even worth getting the stuff out. Yeah, and then an hour have. and a half past that, or maybe two hours, Peyton and I did stop once. I don't remember why. I stopped and filled up my Camelback because I needed okay. water. And I just remember within 30 seconds I was stiff as like could be, and I was frozen to the bone. And I was like, okay, no more stopping or we're not going to make it. Yeah. yeah, and that was before the weather got really bad. It kind of died. It rained like most of our way out until we stopped for a minute for me to fill up water, and it, it was okay for like five minutes, and then here came the rain again. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things where like, well, this can't get worse, and then oh, here's rain. And then it unleashed. oh, here's snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was maybe another thirty minutes, forty-five minutes after that, and then the snow came for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then I knew when that hit, I'm like, I just got to keep going. And, like, we get halfway and Boner's like, I got to poop. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're going to poop? It must have been bad. I'm like, like I don't even, I didn't even want to take my pack off because I knew I couldn't get back on and he's going to throw everything down and take his pants down and take a poop. <laughs> I'm like, that may be one of those times where you just go in your pants. <laughs> he always had to poop on every pack out this year. Oh, hold on. I got to go poop. He probably cinched his waist belt so tight it squished his bowels. <laughs> I'm oh. like, and I just told him, and he, and you know, he's a tough kid. And he, he went going, he went hard, hard, hard. But there was no way for me to wait for you guys because I was going nonstop with a heavy pack, which means I was, you know, I, my body was warm. But it was also getting so cold that my body almost, and I was so wet that my body wasn't staying warm anymore. So there was no way for me to wait for you guys to catch up and make sure you were okay because I wouldn't have been okay. Oh, yeah, you would have froze sitting there waiting for us. Yeah, I would so have, it would have been like, it. I knew it was a really, really bad deal, and there was no one up there. There was no one going to help us. We're 10 miles in the backcountry. Sure, we could have called, you know, and reached somebody, but we weren't to that point where we – it was it was get out. I, could you – you'd have probably froze to death by the time Life Flight got there. Yeah. I, I, was, I was feeling pretty okay. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. But I was okay because I – you know, you hike, 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 and you, you keep that body heat up. And so as long as I was warm, I was like, man, I'm, I'm okay. But there was maybe an hour into the snow, maybe an hour and 20 minutes into the when like the blizzard. Couldn't see. Because the blizzard hit. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't see the trail. So number one, that was scary. Couldn't see the trail anymore. But what started to make me really nervous was when I was hiking hard and I was f- frozen to the bone. And yeah. I'm like, okay, my body heat, I can't, I can't warm myself up yeah. anymore. And that's when I was like, cannot stop or I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Get and back. I hit that. Yeah. An hour and a half into the snow. And I think we still had another hour and 15 or so after that. Yeah. We saw it a while when it, when it, it first hit us pretty hard. It became this mental battle where you had to fight. I remember counting Eric, get to 50 steps, start over. Just go 50 more steps, start over. Count to 50 one more time. You're that much further. It was playing games like that. I, I was kind of doing the same thing, I think. Like, just go as fast as you can. Like, you're, like, timing it in your head yeah. until, like, one leg's about to give out or it's because cr- it's cramping so bad and then putting all my pressure on another leg for a certain amount of time so that one could heal. But, yeah. like, even if you, I would stop to try to take some pressure off my pack, like, this leaning down yeah. for, like, it's okay, you can stop for five seconds and you just got to go as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was tough. And, and, you know, grinding it out that last two miles for me, I the weather got progressively worse. And that's when I started to really fear for you guys because the weather got worse when I made it back to the trailhead and I knew you guys were 45 to an hour and a half behind me. And then I started to get really scared because I was wiped. I, you know, I'd been going hard. I'd cut up that bowl. I'd hauled it out. I was already, you're exhausted after cutting up a bowl in the back country, especially on a steep side hill. Oh yeah. Moving a bowl around for photos and cutting it up is enough to exhaust you. Let alone packing one out for ten miles in a, a storm, an awful storm. So when I got back, I waited. And I'm like, okay, I couldn't even peel my shirt off my body. 
because it was so soaked and so stuck to my body that and I couldn't move my arms. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I had a pair, a change of clothes in there. So I hurry and got that fired up the heater. And then I just started to worry. Where are these guys? What's their frame of mind? You know, because here's the thing. If you're, if you're beaten down, you're cold, your brain stops working. Not that I didn't think you two were tough enough. I just know that that can happen, right? Your brain stops working. You want to stops working. You want to give up. You don't know if you can push on. And so I just, I gave myself a time on the, on the clock. I think it was like 1215 where I said, Hey, if I don't see these guys from 1215, I am, this weather's gotten so severe and I know you guys are so exhausted. I know you're so soaked that I'm calling search and rescue. And so I, I paced up and down the mountain in my truck, just looking for headlamps to see where you guys were. And I was, I don't know, I think I was 10 or 15 minutes away from going and getting cell service and calling the sheriff. Yeah, I remember coming around a corner and seeing headlights. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, it was the most, like, relieving thing, being yeah. able to see the lights or the sound of the truck and the lights up on, like, the side of the mountain almost, like, the glow was like, okay, I'm I'm done. I did it <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It, was, it, it gave you a boost, too, like, to keep going, go faster. Like, yeah. I, I did it. And th- that was so relieving. Yeah, and I know people on the YouTube comments are saying, why don't you just drop the meat and get out of there? Um, that would have helped a little, I, I think hindsight, but none of us wanted to go back in there. We didn't yeah. think we'd be able to get the meat at all. It would, I, that, I wouldn't have wanted to drop it and have to go back. And yeah. I, I wasn't thinking, okay, I'm not going to make one of them go back for it either. It wasn't yeah. to the point where I had to drop it. Yeah. It was like, it just, it was so miserable. Like it it was it was to the point where it was starting to get scary, but you're almost to the finish line. So you weren't going to give yeah, up. Yeah. And I think that's the. I think that's the biggest takeaway is that the scariest part was the last leg. It's a long leg. It's not like it was short, but... But the it, worst was over. Yeah, if it was a blizzard when we were <laughs> nine, ten miles back, then I would have been very, very nervous, and it could have been a different story. But, again, because, you know, and maybe we would have all dropped the meat and just got the heck out of there. But right. where we were at the last leg, you know... We could yeah. tough it out. Yeah, and that's we're the last leg. That's why we decided to keep going. And I think if we were there, we would have. But it wasn't a matter of – it was a matter of survival, but it wasn't quite to the point where we were going to, you know, ditch the meat that we'd worked so hard to get and certainly weren't going to be wasteful if we could help it. And we certainly could help it or we wouldn't have made it out. But it just goes to show you, you got to be as prepared as you can and, and checking weather, even though it was 60 degrees when we went up and – um you know, I had a lot of people in the comments also saying, what would you do different? And the thing I'd do different is I got out of there quicker. <laughs> I would have yeah. cut that thing up in two and a half hours had you guys come quicker and, and not looked over the ridge. Yeah, not climb to the top to go explore. Yeah, and, and had you guys get out quicker. and All stayed uh, together. That's and, another smart thing. Yep, all mm-hmm. stayed together because then we could have motivated each other and made sure everyone was safe. And it's always uh, – Misery loves company. We're all miserable, so it would have been funner if we were all miserable, all the four of us together, <laughs> instead of in groups of two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but we—you didn't talk about the bull. That was a nice bull. Yeah. Holy cow! Giant fronts, heavy. Heavy five. When by you six. took it to the uh, taxidermist, what did he say? It was missing an ivory. Missing an ivory, and what? Remember, he said. Oh, he's got the biggest. He's got the. Uh, he measured eye socket to eye socket. I think he said it's usually nine or nine and a half inches on a mature bull this thing was like 
an inch, inch and a half past that, I believe. Yeah. I'd have to remeasure. He said it was one of the oldest troll heads he'd ever seen. Yeah, one of the whitest foreheads he's ever seen on on an elk. (laughs) And that's, honestly, I've killed some three, I've killed three 340 bulls, one 360 bull, and biggest pedicles on any bull I've killed. Yeah, he's just an old, just troll head. He's got, he's not super wide, and he's just got short manes. He's only five. Well, he's got five his by six. Fronts I guess, are so long. Call him a five, but yeah, he's a stud, man. He's yeah. an absolute stud that you'd be happy with on any general season hunt. And yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway was obviously the safety issue and getting out and and being a little bit more prepared that way. In the sense of, I don't think I would have been more prepared on any equipment, but just been able to get out of the backcountry quicker. And then number two is being able to having a tripod to shoot off of even in a backcountry situation so that I made a better shot. Um, obviously killed the bull just fine. Um, but you just, you just want to be, you want to, you want your shot placement to be perfect. Yeah. I wonder if I do at least you, I'm sure you could screw off a, find a kind of like a, that loophole one that you have that yeah, saddle. Of, I bet you could just screw that off of one of your tripods and screwed on or something. I don't know. The problem is, is you better have that already on yeah. because it's not like you're going to have time to do that. I don't know. I shoot off just like you did. I've had to shoot off my pack like that Yeah, a lot of times. It was so. just so steep, and usually it works out when I can shoot off my pack. And my one buddy said, you know, that's when you get your uh, your trekking poles, and then you get your backpack for the rear support. And I'm like, dude, that's a great idea, and I would gladly do that, and I thought to do that, but the bull was leaving the country. Yeah. that's. I didn't have time. It was kill the bull or watch him walk. Yeah. And I thought I could make made I thought I could make the shot and I did make the shot. It just wasn't a perfect shot. It's easy for people to point out what you know, that you didn't make a perfect shot, but then, you know, put them in the same situation and what are they gonna do? Yeah. It's yeah, it's there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks and whatnot. And honestly I I think people understood. People are super cool for the most part and um the bull died quickly and, and um the two twelve hammers. So you got hammered. Yeah, we we named this uh, we named this hunt two twelve, and it was only fitting that the ELDX and hammering this bull and uh, uh, out of the three hundred PRC. So yeah, we just wanted to provide a little more context to this, and um, we we kind of did something a little bit different in in the YouTube video where we added um, a little bit of talking of the podcast. So you guys will have to let us know what you think of that. But be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Please send me an email, eric at muleyfreak.com. Let me know what kind of stuff you'd like to hear. Let me know if you're liking this behind the scenes of the hunts and kind of our mindsets and what we're thinking. And, you know, leave us a review. Uh, share the show. We'd love we'd love to grow it organically on, on your stories. Um, anything you can do that way. And then subscribe to the Muley Freak channel um, on YouTube. Help us grow that. We're working our tails off trying to produce meaningful content and entertain you guys and, and also just show not necessarily that our motive is to entertain you guys. It's just to show you guys our adventures. It's our journal entries uh, for the things that we love to do. So um, anything else before we wrap this up? Oh, I don't think so. No. Awesome adventure. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for all the feedback, guys. Catch you on the next one. <laughs>